Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. Margin is the space between your current performance and your limit. And so there's some people in here today that have no margin in any part of your life. And uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're watching today. There's other people that may have no margin in some part of your life, but other part you're doing pretty good. Uh, I really want us all to go on a journey over the next couple weeks where we really examine our life and dig in and find out where are the parts of my life where there is no space between my current pace and my limit, my current performance and my limit. You know in the Bible that God created margin in the second chapter of the Bible? It says in Genesis 2 and 2, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested. He rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. He declared it holy. Why? Because it was the day he rested from all his work of creation. That's a big deal. God rested. God created margin in the world that we live in today. And so much so that God even rested. God even took space where he just rested from all his work. That's a massive part of the Bible. And really, um, so the word Sabbath is used. And um, in fact, when when God was creating his Jewish people in the book of Exodus, and he, he gave hundreds and hundreds of laws for them to follow, but there was the top 10, right? The 10 commandments. And in that, in those top 10 commandments, he, he made one of those about margin, about Sabbath, called Sabbath. Exodus 20 and 8 says, honor the Sabbath day. That's the final day of the week, the seventh day of the week, and keep it holy. So honor it and keep it. And, and that's important, the word keep, because you can just let it go. You could just kind of just let it go back into the pace of everything else. And... Um, Maybe even though you're not working, a lot of us have Saturday off, Sunday off, but we fill it with so many things that we're really not off. We're busy, 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 busy. So today I want to talk to you about money margin. Yay! Woohoo! When margins decrease, Stress increases, and the best place in life to get that example is in our money. When our money margin decreases, what happens to our stress? Stress goes, whoo, so high. You know that God doesn't want you to worry about money the rest of your life. God doesn't want you to spend another minute worrying about your financial life. God doesn't want you to argue with your spouse about money ever again. (laughs) Careful, careful. How loud you say amen. Pastor, I didn't come to church today to hear you talk about my money. Awesome. 
I'm really not here to talk about your money as much as I'm here to talk about you and me. Because how we handle our money really has to do with your view of God's provision. So it's really not about the money. Jesus actually talked about money more than he talked about heaven. He talked about money more than he talked about hell. And it's not about the money itself, but because Jesus knew that money was directly tied to a spiritual component of our life. And, you know, I could talk about, you know, this is about you, this is about God, and you'd be like, oh, that's so theoretical, that's so interesting, that's such an interesting philosophy. But if I start talking about money, that's like where the rubber hits the road, and it's a decision of like, is this really real? Is my idea of who God is and who I am, is that really real? Because if it is real, it has to play out in every aspect of our life. And so that's why Jesus talked about money, because in his day, people are people. It doesn't really matter if you live in 2000 BC or 2023 AD, people are people. And our possessions and how we handle our possessions are really directly connected to one of the most spiritually important decisions that we make in our life the most elemental spiritual decision we make in our life is are we going to say no to ourself because the only way we can truly say yes to god is to say no to ourself and you may think well why would i say no to myself you know that i'm i was created by god yes but we as humans have allowed ourselves to become something that um, is opposed to God and not connected to God. And so if we want to be connected to him, connected to God, we say no to ourselves. And what happens, and we talk about this in baptism when we baptize people, that's a representation of the old you being buried and the new you coming out and, and coming back to life. You still look the same. Your, your voice is still the same, right? You still go back to the same job, all that But God wants to return you to the original version of you that he had before sin came into the world. Before the world was ever created, he had a vision of your life that was untainted by selfishness and sin. So when we say no to the old us, we say yes. And the way that's played out is in our everyday life. So the way we handle our money, like I said earlier, is really just an extension of your idea of God's provision. Your sex life is an extension of your idea of God's goodness and God's satisfaction. How you block off your time in your life. So money margin, relationship margin, time margin. It all comes from our understanding of God's promises. Your understanding of God's promises. So I'm here to talk to you about that one particular part of your life, money And um, I want to tell you that money margin can happen without you ever getting a pay raise again. That money margin can happen in your life without you having a change in your career. And here's one of the most spiritual things I want to tell you today. Y'all ready? The secret to money margin is about decreasing expenses, not increasing revenues. Woo! Isn't that just so spiritually invigorating? Like, Pastor, that is so sterile. That is so, ugh, that's so business. That's so, but actually it's not. Actually, it's one of the most spiritual things you'll ever hear because the expenses is 
outflow, outgoing, out of your account. Revenue is what you're making, salaries and all of that. And what I'm here to tell you today is saying no to self actually affects your expenses more than your revenues. Let's break it down like this. Money margin is the space between my lifestyle and my income. So my lifestyle, that's my expenses, but that's really my life. And the point I'm trying to make here today is that we have spiritual heaviness in our life and darkness in our life. And that's really where our money expenses get out of hand because we're trying to cope with things that are way down deep inside of us. And instead of finding healing from God for those things that are deep down inside of us, instead of finding healing from God, we find ways to cope with those things naturally in the world around us. And guess what? Those cost money. And so we start buying more to fit in certain clothes, certain jewelry, certain shoes, certain kind of cars, upgrading houses, you know, all these different things that we do. Um, things that we eat. We spend so much money eating beyond what we need to eat. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. I remember when we first got married, Eric and I looked at our credit card bill and we're like, why is our credit card bill so high? Because we were eating all of our money. We were eating it all. This was 25 years ago. So much beyond what our physical bodies need, but it's because those certain types of food are causing there to be a physiological change in our body that helps cope with or mask spiritual hurt in our life. Just to be honest. Uh, the things that we do, ingesting, drinking, chewing, inhaling, dipping, I'm going to step on so many toes today, and I'm not preaching against any of I'm not I'm not talking against any of those things. I'm just saying I, I want us all to really examine why, why we're participating in things. Is it is it intemperance? Is it in balance? Is it in a healthy manner? Or are we out of whack in it and so we spend money we charge we pay cash we write checks does anybody write checks anymore uh we we spend digital on amazon or whatever and sometimes it's just getting that new thing that makes you feel good that getting that new that package opening up that daily amazon package uh yeah uh just ah like christmas some of it's that, but some of it is we need whatever's in that box to make us feel important or make us accepted. And just the amount of money that we spend on our hair, nails, come on, guys, you're buying all kind of stuff that you don't need to, so just, you know. Guns and all kinds of stuff. Right. Why? Why? That's our lifestyle. And so 
what is the space between your lifestyle and your income? Is there any margin there? We don't have money margin because we are spiritually unhealthy. Write that down. We don't have any money margin because we're spiritually unhealthy. And I know some of you are like, well, yeah, but if you know how much money I made, I really do need a new job. I really do need to work overtime, whatever. But I want to say, I want to present this really crazy idea that you may not need to spend as much money as you think you do. And you may have to make some decisions to sell some things or move into a different place or buy a different type of car. Like make some lifestyle changes because you don't need those things in your life. Man, why did we come today to church of all days to come to church? Here's how it starts. As parents and... um, we're fully in the mix of this right now. As parents, we provide for our kids, and as they're young, we try to, you know, buy things at Christmas and birthdays that make them excited, that they like. We want to provide for them something better than what we had. And so, you know, at this point in our life in 2023, we're buying them, you know, big screen TVs and, and uh, iPhones, the latest iPhone. We need to get the 14, the 14 Pro, the 14 Max, the 14 Ultra, whatever it is. Right, um, tablets, 17 subscriptions to all these different streaming services, right? And then if you live out here like I do, the internet doesn't work anyway, so <laughs> anyway, buying certain type of clothes to fit in with all the friends, buying, you know, going out to eat, going on vacations, going doing all this stuff. And um, young people, I'm, I'm really talking to you right now, um, you're able to do some of those things because your parents have been working at the same job for 30 years. And then when you get out of the house, when you graduate, get out of school, whatever, and you're ready to be out on your own, you feel like you need to be at the same lifestyle and that same standard of living day one out of the house, and you've only been working six months. And you're trying to live on the lifestyle, the standard of your parents that have been working for 30 years. And so there's a big discrepancy. So what kids do, what young people do, what college students do, is they get a job. They work overtime. They're like, oh, I'm so excited. Get an apartment. Got a new car. You know, doing all the things that they need to do to, to be in this generation. Every generation has this temptation. Right? So... Um, but then run out of money. So get a credit card and then start putting some charges. Man, I'm going to pay this credit card off every month. And, and the first bill comes in and it's like, whew, man, that's tough. But look, it says I only have to pay $17 this month. So I'm going to pay $18. I'm going to pay, I'm going to really start paying off this credit card. But then the next month it's $500 then $800, and you're paying $15 a month to pay off this credit card, and your lifestyle is outside. It's not just bumping up against your income. It's over your income, and you're starting to get upside down. So what is the solution? Work more, overtime, change jobs, keep trying to get ahead, because I have to live like this, right? 
It's just that pace of life that keeps going and keeps going. It gets exhausting. Cash runs out, more card. Then you get another credit card. You get another credit card. Max those out, trying to work overtime. Another job, a second job. And I actually found a video of a couple young adults trying to live this lifestyle. We have it for you right here. I want you to check out this video. These are two young adults that are actually trying to live according to the standards of their parents. And this is exactly what happens right there, right there. That's tough. Oh, man. Have y'all seen someone like that? Some of you walked in here today. Hanging. I'm glad you came today. Here's what happens. When there's no money margin, two things happen. Number one, you rob Ourself. You rob yourself. You rob you can write whatever you want to on that blank. Rob, I rob myself. We rob ourselves. We rob ourselves. The main word there is rob. We rob ourselves. We rob ourselves of financial freedom. We rob ourselves of retirement. We rob our kids of education. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs that the borrower is slave to the lender. So we stay indebted to creditors. Your whole life. And I love offering Financial Peace University here. The class is full right now, but we're going to offer it again. We're going to offer it a lot here at Promise Land. Financial Peace University, one of the things they say there in Financial Peace is that you don't have to live all your life owing other people. That You actually can live like no one else so that someday you can live like no one else. And uh, Dave Ramsey is such an amazing communicator. If you're struggling in some of these areas, I highly, highly recommend you take Financial Peace University. And we'll have more information on that soon. But you rob your, you rob your marriage of peace because you're always, 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 always struggling about money. But number two, you rob God. You rob God when there's no money margin. You can't be generous. So, you know, sometimes the church will say, hey, we're going to drill a well in Africa. Or we're going to... Uh, rebuild a village in Guatemala. We did that. We spent five years rebuilding an entire village in Guatemala. We gave them a, uh, a school, playground, well, church. We helped them with the infrastructure of their whole village. I mean, it's an amazing thing that's happening. We just had Jeff Duncan here a few weeks ago talking about buying shoes and socks for kids that don't have shoes and funding an orphanage. We, our, it's our vision to to build an orphanage uh, in Mexico. So all those things are amazing. You can be inspired by all that. And you're like, I want to help with that. And then, uh, I can't. I can't. Because there is no margin to do it with. The Jews were actually in a place just like this. And they were burnt up. They were depressed. Because they had no financial margin. And God speaks to them through the prophet Malachi. This is Malachi 3 and 8. It says, ever since... The days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the lords of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? You know, I've been going to promised land for a long time. What are you talking about? Verse 8. Should people cheat God? The King James Version says, should people rob God? Yet you've cheated me. This is God talking. 
that you've cheated me, you've robbed me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? When did we ever rob you? And he says, you've cheated or robbed me of the tithes and offerings that are due to me. You're under a curse for the whole nation has been cheating me. Back in these days, God actually required 20%. And the first 10% went to the temple and the expenses of everything that happened there in Jerusalem. And then the next 10% went to help missions, help the needy, help poor. And um, for the festivals that they would have throughout the years. And over time, the Jews quit giving this tithe. The tithe is a regular 10%. And the temple uh, funds and the festival funds and to the poor, they just quit doing it. And they actually were consuming themselves what was originally to be God's. God had this proposal to them back you know, when he gave the Ten Commandments. There was a part of that set of rules. Put me first. And so that 20% was not like, you know, pay PEC, pay the trash, pay the CenturyLink, pay Disney Plus, you know, pay all those things and then give me the last percentage, the last 10%, whatever. No, it was actually you're going to take the first 10% and you're going to put it in the hands of the Lord and then God's going to bless that rest that you have, whatever percentage that is. If it's God... You can give him everything, and he will bless you greater. But it wasn't everything. It was 10%, but the first 10% in the hands of the Lord. And you're going to live more blessed on that 90% than you would if you were to just keep it all for yourself, consume that first 10%, and just say, you know what, God? I got this on my own. I can take care of it. So this was really the crux of that, that law back in this day was do you trust that? Do you trust that God really will bless the 90% or do you feel like you really need to be the one that's controlling everything and just have the whole 100% to yourself? That was the spiritual decision. It wasn't a money decision. God doesn't need, didn't need their money. He doesn't need our money. God can do whatever he wants all by himself. It was all about for us. Was that... Was that decision? So, so what's the solution? Malachi three and ten. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so that there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open up. You see God like pushing the blinds back, pushing the curtains back. I will open up the windows of heaven, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is one of the few places in the Bible where God says, you can actually test me in this, and I'll prove myself to you. Try it. Verse 11, your crops will be abundant, and I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's army. God says, come on back. Return back to the plan. It's a good plan because I made it. (laughs) I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to reset you back up. And I want you to try me in this. Try my original plan. It's going to work. Try it. Jesus teaches the same thing. Matthew 6, verse 20. Jesus says, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. So the Old Testament said insects and disease. Jesus says, same principle. Moths. And rust cannot destroy. Thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, 
there the desires of your heart will also be. So we think of it mostly backwards. We think, wherever my heart is, there I'm going to put my treasure. But Jesus says, no, it's not like that. You step out in faith first. You put your treasure there first. Then your heart's going to follow that. That's the teachings of Jesus. So here's what happens. Here's how money margin happens. These two things. Noah's playing, so you know it's not going to take too much longer, okay? (laughs) Here's how money margin happens. Number one, when you realize that we serve a big God. Number one, money margin is going to happen in your life when when you realize and you have your faith that we serve a big God. And so, so God is bigger than Elon Musk and Bill Gates and United States and China. And I mean, think about any power, superpower, billionaire, trillionaire, whatever. God's bigger than any of those things, people. God's got more than all of those entities. He's big. He owns the Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills. That's poetic and figurative language of saying back in that, that was like, that was like saying bigger than Elon Musk. <laughs> He's bigger. He's bigger than anything you can imagine. God is bigger. But this second part is equally as important and true. We serve a good God. We serve a big God, but he could be big and mean. He could be big and awful, but he's big and good. And so really, if you've struggled with anything I've said today, and I know, because I'm a human, I've been around a long time too. There's a lot of pushback, a lot of like, I don't know about that, I'm not sure about that. I want you to just think about this screen right here. If you're online, just think about this principle right here. We serve a big God and we serve a good God. And if there's any trouble with your money margin and your life, this is where you start. You don't even have to start with your budget. You don't even have to start with your job, expenses or revenues. Don't even start with either one of them. Start with this principle right here. God is big and God is good. And after those are resonating in your heart, then it plays out in all the different areas of your life and money being one of those areas. So, so this is it. And so maybe if there's, a, if there's an area in your life where there's an expense, think about it this way. If there's an expense in your life that's like really tough for you right now, why can't you change that? What is it about that that you're struggling with that you feel like you can't change it? Lord, I want to see your bigness. I want to see your goodness. Here's the truth. God is so good that you don't have to look anywhere else for satisfaction. God is so good that you don't need to spend any money to know that he's good. And that goodness is not just some, like I said earlier, just like some theological, philosophical thing. It is something that can actually resonate inside of you that you can actually feel and will change 
your thinking and your culture of your life. So when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God instilled in humanity needs. But God was always the fulfillment of those needs. And it wasn't until Adam and Eve said, you know what? We're going to look outside of God's fulfillment and we're going to try to find it on our own. We're going to go outside of God's plan. That's when all of us, that's when humanity gets turned sideways and out of kilter and unraveled, right? And so here we are today still trying to patch those things together and, and, our, and our spiritual life that is hurting instead of trying to patch on this relationship or patch on this identity, trying to appeal to these people to get them to like me or whatever. Even, even physical things, health things, relationship. I mean, all the facets of our life can, can be struggling in one way or another because of this core idea that God is the fulfillment of all the needs that we have. And until we really rest in the fact that he's good and he's big and that he's able and willing to meet us at the point of our need, we're going to continually be searching and grabbing and chasing after something that's elusive and we never quite can grab it. And what happens is we keep spending and keep spending and keep spending in order to get there. And um, I remember after I was an adult, you know, I see I was a kid. I remember like getting a present at Christmas, like, God, this is the best video game ever. Three weeks, like, hmm, right? Just because it doesn't sustain. And then as an adult, it's like, a brand new car. The smell of a brand new car. I've made it, you know? And then a couple months later, there's french fries in the floor. And it's like, I still owe five years on this car, and it stinks now. Would you stand to your feet? Let's pray. Let's talk to God right now. Would you bow your heads with me? So we're all different in here. We all come from different places in life. And so we all have a, we're all challenged in different ways when we're, com- when we're confronted with truth. And so I can't, I can't, like, in one sentence summarize everybody's place right now. So this is where you and God just have a conversation by yourself, you and God individually. And he's able to handle any question that you have or any pushback that you have. So why don't we just go to him right now and just say, Lord, I need help. I need help. I want to say yes to you. And I want to say no to myself. Some of you know immediately areas in your life where, you, where you've seized control and you're holding on with a death grip and you, you need to let God take over that part of your life. If you know that, then let's just talk to him about it right now. In Jesus' name, Father, this 
could be marriages, this could be health situations, it could be uh, grandparenting situations, parenting situations, education, degree plans, business, jobs, finances, whatever it is, Lord. Why don't we say this together? I want to see your goodness, God. I want to see your bigness in my life. And I need you, Lord. If you're ready for this, make a confession of your faith in Jesus and just say, Jesus, I surrender to you right now. I put my trust in you alone. Jesus, I believe that you're the Savior of the world. I'm so thankful to know you. I'm so thankful to have this chance. I take it today. I surrender my heart. I surrender my heart to you today, Jesus. And I trust in you, Jesus, as my Savior. Fill me with your presence, God. I'm excited about you being my satisfaction. I'm excited about you being the source of good in my life. Lord, I'm excited about the new me that you're going to reshape and form in Jesus' name. Let's just ask for him to fill us with the power of his spirit. Lord, we just welcome the Holy Spirit into our life and everything that that means, God. Bring new life to us. You said you wouldn't leave us alone, but you would send the comforter to us, the power of your Holy Spirit. We just pray would envelop us and strengthen us no matter where we're going this week. I pray as we walk out of these doors today, God, we're blessed by you. May your face shine upon us and be gracious until we see each other again, we pray in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.